welcome or welcome back to Through a Gen Z's Eyes. In today's episode, I have Laura Stoyer, who is the founder and director of Friendly Voices. Hi, how are you? Hi, Kaya. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. Thank you. I'm doing well. So uh, during this pandemic, we've all been through our own uh, struggles. Um, but since you've heard and seen seniors struggling with loneliness, how do you think it's impacted them? Well, you know, you're so right that we have all been incredibly lonely. I think this pandemic has taken most of us to a place of isolation that that we have never experienced before. Work and school and family and everything has been completely limited to us. And for seniors, um, any older person, this is even more amplified by the fact that before the pandemic, many seniors are lonely to begin with. They may have outlived their partner or their families, or they may be estranged from their partner or their families. Their friends and family may live far away or may not have resources to visit them. Many seniors are not technologically connected, so they can't just hop on Zoom and, and um, you know, connect with everyone. And, and I'm making a, a large, large generalization as many seniors who may be listening to this saying, what are you talking about? I have lots of friends. But for many, many older folks, um, this pandemic made their world smaller and smaller and smaller. And we know that loneliness is really, really devastating to our mental well-being and to our physical well-being. So older folks have really, really been suffering this year. And um, in your company or your uh, business, you call people on the phone, seniors on the phone who have been lonely. And how is hearing them talk about loneliness impacted you? Um, well, you know, it's interesting. So um, we're a nonprofit and we're all volunteers reaching out to lonely seniors and calling them once a week for a phone conversation and companionship. And when I first started this, I really just thought, well, this will be good for the seniors and, you know, this will help them and this will make them feel cared for and, and know that they're not forgotten. But what I have found talking to my own phone buddy uh, and I'll talk about her in a moment, that it's giving me a lot of benefit. It's making me feel connected to someone else, connected to someone in the world who I might not actually be connected to. I learn a lot from my phone buddy. She's very, very different than I am. She's about 20 years older than I am. She lives in the rural Midwest, not here in the Bay Area, so our lives are just very different. And we have things in common and things that are not in common. And I don't think I would have had a chance to know someone like her without our, our work through Friendly Voices. So it's really gratifying to me, and I know to all of our volunteers, to connect to someone uh, you know, who, who they normally wouldn't have a chance to connect to over the phone. And um, obviously one way to help with loneliness is uh, calling people and having conversations with them. But what are some other ways to help people who are struggling with loneliness and uh, feeling like they don't have anyone. There are lots and lots and lots of ways. And before I tell you all the ways, I want to connect all of the ways because they have something in common. What they have in common is connecting humans to other humans, especially so that we know we haven't been forgotten. So whether it's personal visits to the elderly, of course, after COVID, it's phone calls, it's letters, it's FaceTime or Zoom, if that technology is there for them. Any way that you can connect person to person to an older person, to an older uh, senior, and just bring 
bring your world into their world and let them know they haven't been forgotten. And there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of other programs just like ours um, doing pen pals and phone calls and visits, of course, before COVID, all kinds of people who are realizing that our society has forgotten our seniors and our society doesn't always do a good job of honoring our elders, our elders and, um, and really being companions with them. So there are many, many ways and our program is a particular way to, to reach seniors. And um, did you have any jobs that uh, you had before you started Friendly Voices? Were there any uh, jobs that were similar to Friendly Voices? I, I have. Um, I spent five years as a phone counselor for a nonprofit called Nursing Mothers Council. And what we did were, um, we're all volunteers and we helped new moms help them with nursing, with breastfeeding when they had challenges. And surprisingly, most of it could be done over the phone. You can solve a lot of problems over the phone. And when we really couldn't solve something over the phone, we would make a home visit and help the mom and the baby get settled in breastfeeding. So I did that for about five years. And then um, for about 10 years, I led a nonprofit where volunteers spoke to women who were dealing with relationship trauma and in, in that role, the volunteers were really peer counselors, not professional therapists, but more support and emotional help to help the, the clients get through the, their trauma that was happening in their lives. And so Friendly Voices is built on those experiences, phone outreach to someone to connect with them and just to be there for them. And there's a lot of a lot of similarities, although one was breastfeeding moms and the other was women in trauma, and this is seniors who are isolated. The common thread is that the volunteer who's on the phone has a very simple but very powerful job. And our job is to listen and be there and empathize and validate and just hear what the senior wants to say. And if the senior doesn't want to talk, then we talk about our lives and the senior listens. So it's a really beautiful kind of reciprocal connection. And the phone is such an old fashioned thing that everybody forgets about, but you know, almost everyone has a phone and all you have to do is pick up the phone and, and, and call your senior and, and brighten their day. And given that you have done previous jobs that are uh, kind of similar to Friendly Voices, uh, do you think that working in those jobs had prompted you to start Friendly Voices during the pandemic? Well, it's interesting. They didn't actually prompt me. I'll tell you what prompted me in a moment, but they did inform and help my team and I to really be able to build this organization. What prompted me was sitting in my house in isolation last March, sort of end of March, everything had closed down. The states were closing down. Masks were being um, imposed, you know, and, and the whole world was coming to a standstill. And I have a chronic illness which is called cystic fibrosis. It's a pulmonary disease, and it makes me especially, especially vulnerable to getting COVID. So perhaps more than some of my peers, um, I freaked out and said, okay, I cannot be in contact with anyone because um, even though I'm in a younger age group than most of the deaths from COVID, I still am very vulnerable because of my medical status. Um, <coughs> excuse me. See, there's the cough. So 
my husband and I were sitting completely isolated. Our daughter didn't visit us. Nobody, nobody came in, nobody went out. We were in total isolation. And one day I was reading about uh, something, I don't know, something online about a, a nursing home, a skilled nursing facility that had also gone into shutdown. And this is last March, really, really early in the pandemic, right? And all of a sudden I thought, wow, here I am confined in my house. What would it be like if I was an elderly person in a nursing home confined to my room? And what we often don't know about is those of us who had to be confined to our houses really didn't have it that bad. Because if you're a senior in a nursing home, and that's most of our, most of our clients, they were literally in their room for about seven months. They had no meals in the dining hall. The meals were brought to them. They had no social activities. Nothing happened. They had no um, big staff interaction or interacting with other residents. It was all done one-to-one, -one, minimal exposure in their room. My phone buddy, who I mentioned before, lives in the rural Midwest, I think was in her room for about five months. And then they had a little bit of the um, lifting of their COVID cases, and then they went back into their rooms. That is incredible, incredible isolation and loneliness. And even for seniors who live at home, because we also have seniors who live at home, um, they're, they're often confined. You know, maybe they're literally confined to their beds or they're limited to their rooms. They don't have mobility or, you know, they can walk around the house, but no friends can come in to see them and their, their family is busy working and, and not, not really involved with them. And that is the meaning of true, true loneliness. I read a quote once that said, loneliness is not being alone. It's having the feeling that no one cares for you. Yeah, that, that's very, very true. Um, I, mm -hmm. that, that seems really hard to just be alone. I'm, I'm lucky. I'm so glad that um, I have um, a family that I can uh, stay at home with. And being mm -hmm. at home has been very hard. But yeah, um, I also wanted to know, did you have you started joining voices because you also saw this firsthand with your family and your your mom your dad someone that is just um a senior and they've just been alone and they haven't been able to see you and vice versa have you, have you... that's interesting no you know i didn't actually start it in response to my family um my mom is in good health and very active and you know most of my family is not literally as alone i really started it because I felt that no matter how much I wanted to complain about being alone with my pulmonary illness, that there were seniors out there who were even, even more lonely than I was. And, and, and who was I to, to complain? Um, and so reading all the media reports about nursing homes shutting down, seniors being isolated in their houses, you know, waving at their family through the window, everything that we've read about in the last year, I think that just was so heartbreaking. And so a colleague and I started Friendly Voices. We started it last April and uh, we just hit our first year anniversary. So this is a good timing for the podcast. Wow, that, that's that's um, amazing. Thank you. On one year. Um, so <laughs> aside from your uh, colleague that you started Friendly Voices with, how did you get more volunteers and how did you find seniors to talk to um, that weren't like uh, really paranoid or hesitant about calling someone that they didn't even know 
That is spot on. Um, it has been challenging to get seniors, so, um, but it's been easy to get volunteers. So first we asked everybody we knew. We sent out a LinkedIn post and an email to everybody we've ever met who we thought would be a good fit for this. And then people responded and um, then we trained them. We train all our volunteers and supervise them. No one can just hop on the phone without training. Um, and then we began to post free ads in places like Nextdoor, and uh, I don't know, other free online places, Facebook, um, and we got more volunteers that way. And I also asked all my personal friends and family, and some of my personal friends and family are among our volunteer cohort. So we have found there's a lot, a lot of people out there who really want to do this. It's very easy. It takes half an hour out of our week to, to call our phone buddies, and it's, it has a huge impact. And for those of us staying home who want to volunteer, but you know, can't go help somewhere, can't go to a nursing home and read to seniors, or can't go to a food bank and help distribute food, all the, the restrictions of COVID, this is a way that all of us can help from, from just sitting in our own living room and having a phone. So that's been really easy to get volunteers. And I'll tell them a little bit um, how people can sign up if they're interested. Getting seniors has been harder, you are right. Um, to think about having a total stranger calling you is a little bit of a trust issue and it's not a fit for everybody. Most of our seniors are signed up either through a family member that learns about our program or a staff member in their nursing home. And we talk in depth with that family member or that staff member to assure them um, our credibility. We give them references. We are HIPAA compliant. HIPAA is, um, is a federal law that requires confidentiality and privacy whenever you are dealing with patients or clients. And, and most, most therapists and social workers and healthcare workers, no, I think all therapists and social workers and, and healthcare workers have to follow HIPAA. It's, it's a mandated legislation. So we follow HIPAA. And so we just really assure the family or the staff member that our volunteers are trained, are supervised, are HIPAA compliant, all of our calls are documented, we do reference checks, and that that makes people feel comfortable. And I think, I think for a senior who's not sure, once they hear one phone call from their volunteer, they they begin to realize that this is a good thing. Our volunteers are warm and compassionate and friendly and neutral. We're not political, <laughs> we're very secular. Um, we're not trying to challenge anyone's fundamental beliefs. We're, we're just there to provide some companionship. And, you know, if the senior feels, well, you know, this really isn't for me, then, then we part ways. We never, we never compel this upon a senior who says, yeah, I don't really want to have a volunteer friend every week. Um, the other thing that I think also makes it, makes it work is that some phone buddy programs, and I mentioned there are tons of them, some phone buddy programs might have a different volunteer each week or the senior has to call in and it's more of a referral or resource source, resource place, <laughs> resource place. Um, we're more like pen pals over the phone. So I've been talking to my buddy every week since last June. And that creates a pretty deep relationship. And most of our volunteers have the same buddy for months and months and months and months. And so then you do begin to break down that discomfort and realize that it's just really wonderful to hear someone's voice every week and someone who really cares about you. Wow, that is um, 
that does seem really difficult, but you have uh, managed to get seniors, and I'm sure that all of them are feeling a lot less lonely after uh, call, calling them every week, and um, you, they probably feel like they have a friend. So congratulations on uh, starting such <laughs> a wonderful nonprofit. Thank you. Thank um, you. Sadly, that is all the time that we have, but thank you so much for uh, joining. That was a really interesting conversation. Thank you, Kai. Thank you so much. I would like to thank Smitha Patel for helping me start up this podcast. I would like to thank everyone who supported me, like my family and my teacher, who gives me new ideas every day in class. I would like to give a huge thanks to my sister for editing this episode and all the episodes to come. And I will be putting the link to Friendly Voices in the description below, along with a few others, because if you wanted to volunteer at Friendly Voices, you have to be 20 years old or older, and some of you may not be in that range yet. So um, some of the others, you can be a little bit younger, but they're really great places to volunteer, and you will be making a difference by calling these seniors and making them feel less lonely. Also, I have a new Gmail for my podcast. It's contactpodcastgenz at gmail.com all of this lowercase and it's all together and you guys can feel free to send me any questions that you have and maybe one day i can do an episode answering your guys's questions they can be about my podcast and perhaps i will answer some of your questions about my personal life but there will be a barrier to that um you guys can also send me what other topics you want me to talk about and if you really think that you will be an interesting guest to have on my podcast you can send me an email saying what you do, your age, and um, I can talk back and forth with you. And eventually you may have a chance to be on my podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. And thank you for helping me search through this topic through Gen Z's eyes. Please make sure to tell your friends and family about this podcast. Thank you for listening and have a great day.